Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, millennials. For the very last time, welcome back to The Morning Toast. Happy Monday. Hope you're rising, grinding, hustling, bustling, doing mogul tings, because I know we are. Okay, that's misleading for the very last time, it sounds like. Oh, no, sorry. For the very last time. I'm not dying. No, today our secret project labors will bear fruit and we can announce what we've been working on. And the lead time was so short, I don't feel like we were even that annoying about being secretive. Do you know how much worse we could have been? We could have been so much worse and the secret project is multifaceted. The biggest, actually it depends, people might say different things are the biggest thing because they're all so big, but one Uh really big thing is that we have rebranded the show from the morning toast to be the toast. So let's talk a little bit how we came to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. We, you've been talking for a while about how you hated our former artwork, even though I made it and it was really hurtful. You weren't wrong. Um, it was, you know, we were outgrowing it. So we met with a creative agency and like we were doing this whole rebrand and we had this long call. They wanted to get to know us, get to know the show. And we didn't even realize, but like as we were telling them all about the toast, he was like, you know, you guys haven't called it the morning toast once. Like you've literally only said the toast and me and Jackie looked at each other and we were like oh my god yeah and with our new setup we've you know obviously not been able to post the episode so early because we're trying to do high quality video which takes a long time to get uploaded so we've been releasing at like 12 31 o'clock in the last couple of weeks and that's how we're going to be doing it moving forward so when he said that me and Jackie just looked at each other and we were like oh duh presto also it's crazy we're going on five years of doing the show and the show now is so different from what we started as and what we thought the show would be when we first started and what we wanted it to be versus like where we are now, which is like, we are podcasters. We love podcasting in the show, even though people love it on YouTube and we'll always be on YouTube and we love doing video. It's really a podcast. And I think when we started, we were like this like parody morning show. So we were like the morning toast, but we've grown up and everyone calls it the toast and it is just the toast. Like the morning, it's the, toast. the morning was holding us back. Oh, a hundred percent. And like the pressure we felt to like get it up as early as possible. Like at, at what cost, you know? Yeah. And this doesn't mean that now we're going to like be putting it out later no. and later and later, but it's just a podcast. I don't know other podcasts that have like morning in the title and every time we, we release it at different times every day, depending on the length of the episode. And it's just, it was time. So just know like absolutely nothing changes. The show is exactly the same. Jackson Clotter, exactly the same. We're still going to be putting it up as soon as we can, which is usually around 12 or one o'clock. Um, the content remains the same. Yeah. And that's video is by one o'clock. Like the podcast is always oh, yeah. lickety split. 
lickety split. So that is the first kind of huge. We have new artwork. If you're listening on your podcast app, your podcast app should have um, updated to our new artwork, our new name. Our new artwork is so sickening. I haven't been able to stop staring at it since we got it. It's the background of my phone because I look so stunning. It's so sickening. And we have a new logo. It's just a facelift. It's not so different. The branding isn't all of a sudden going to be, you know, like futuristic. No, no, no. It's still girly and fun and classic, but just a little facelift, a little tweak. Yeah, like the brand needs to mature as we mature, you know, and we're getting old pretty much. I feel like we've really matured and now the brand is coming with us. And I feel like it's just the logical next step. 100%. And it just happened at a great time because the second part of our announcement, which is equally as big, I think, is we have officially joined the Dear Media family. So We've been working on this deal like the entire summer. I'm so excited to finally announce it. Jackie and I's former podcast contract came up and we were, you know, we were talking to the big wigs. Like, let's be real. Like, we were in it. Um, And when the Dear Media idea came across the table, I think Jackie and I like immediately gravitated towards it. Like, I was really excited about it because I love Lauren and Michael. I think they're so smart. And it's just like always important to work with people who you respect. Um, 100%. And... We decided to move forward with them and it was like a really long process and they, I think part of the reason I was particularly so excited is because it turns out everyone who works at Dear Media and their headquarters in LA is a toaster. So it's so important that the people that you work with like get what you do. Yeah, to be surrounded by toasters. It's like-minded individuals. Yeah. So we are starting today officially part of the Dear Media family. So is TNN. All of our TNN shows are now a part of Dear Media. Nothing changes. That doesn't really mean anything for you. It's just, you know, a little back-end mogul ting for us. It's kind of B2C, but I mean B2B, but I do feel like Dear Media is more of a consumer-facing brand than some of the other networks and bigwoods we were talking to. So it is really exciting for everyone. Yeah, no, it's I'm I'm like thrilled with our decision and it feels good to like have the fruits of our labor in terms of our secret project finally be revealed. Yes. Um so that's the second part of the announcement. The third part, oh, is like and I'm sure a lot of you guys have noticed this, but as a part of our deal, um Dear Media made a strategic investment in Spirit Society, which is our canned cocktails. So a lot of you guys have been sending me, um, they've been like putting, you know, a little product placement in a lot of their videos. A lot of their podcasters have been drinking it while having guests in studio. So people are like, oh my God, look, like they're drinking spirits. Like, yeah, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's just one big family now between the Toast, TNN, Spritz, Dear Media, Lauren and Michael. It sounds like we're saying Lauren Michaels, but we're talking Literally. about Lauren and Michael Bostic, the Skinny Confidential. Family tings. Family tings. I'm so excited about this next chapter for us. I'm excited too. It's a new era. I feel like we've naturally just been in a new era. So to have everything else that we're doing reflect this new season Mm -hmm. feels really good and apt. If you're watching on YouTube, you probably noticed we have removed our old mic flags with our former logo. The new ones should be arriving soon. They take so long to get made. So don't be alarmed, you know? A rebrand is really a big undertaking. I mean, we talk about other rebrands all the time. They have to change everything. I think, you know, compared to Subway, like our rebrand is a little smaller and more manageable. I think rebrands should be small. Like a successful rebrand. No, no, no. You might not even notice. Not changing the logo like in a crazy way. I mean, like they have to change like everything at every single store, every single cup. Like we have some like mic flags and, you know, some artwork. And our Instagram. Yeah, but... It's rebrand is a rebrand and you know that we love them no matter when and how they come. 
Speaking of Instagram, we have a new Instagram handle. It is at the toast. And if you want to see pictures from our sickening photo shoot, we did two really cute looks for our um, podcast cover art. We weren't sure which way we were going to go. We obviously had to do, you know, succession vibes, females in charge, power suits. And that's the one we ended up going with. But we also did like a very retro shoot. Um, it was giving Mad Men. It was giving Why Women Kill. We were like 50s housewives. Because when we were explaining like kind of our brand aesthetic to our creative um, agency. We were like, we are these modern women. Like we are female business owners, moguls, but we're also like, you know, traditional queens. Like we keep Shabbos. We're married. Like we're also like very old school in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it was a, a marriage of those two ideas. And we ended up going with the power suit look for the artwork, but we really wanted to show you guys our uh, looks for the 50s housewife because honestly, I've never been more obsessed with anything in my life. And you guys know, like my hair is my protector. You know, it's Christian Cole. You know, it protects me. No, don't even. Don't even with him. No, I know. I know. Sorry. What was the other guy's name who burned at um, Harren Hall? It takes me 10 seconds to figure it out because I have to. Sir Lord Strong Harwin. Harwin. Yes. Harwin. It's my Lord Harwin. So I was thinking about it as I was going to sleep and I can never remember his name at first. But if I start from strong, I can get there. Got it. Well, so I had to put my hair up. I had bangs and I was really kind of like nervous about it. I was like, there's no way we're ever going to use these pictures. They will never see the light of day. But I think I was born in the wrong era because like, take a look at me in those photos and you're going to be like, oh yeah. Yeah. No. And what's so funny is we did the suits vibe first and it's obviously, you know, now women wearing suits is like, duh, but it's technically like back in the day, it was like a crazy thing to do. So we're like wearing quote unquote men's suits. And then we put on these dresses, these housewife dresses, and we did our hair like 50s and we went all the way. And I I think at first, like we thought we looked a little silly, but then we started looking at the pictures and we looked amazing. And we were like, we were like, uh, now we get why women wore these dresses because we look like the fucking snatchlers. Oh my God. Like an A-line empire waist short sleeve polka dot dress is my look. Who knew? Who would have thunk? They were Not really on to something. And what's also so funny is like, so I wore my hair in like little uh, pinned rolling curls. And when I took it down, I had the most gorgeous wave. And I was like, mm. they were really on to something. A hundred percent. I couldn't get my hair to hold a wave all day because it was before I got my hair cut. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden I'm doing 50s hair. Wave. 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 <laughs> so that's the big mogul news. Um, you're welcome for not making you wait too long and being annoying and teasing it because we've known about this like since literally May. So uh, I'm very excited. We hope you guys are excited and woohoo. Woohoo. So now we'll be back to business as usual, but just today feels like a very exciting day. We don't really have that many crazy news stories no 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 no, not about the news I'm just saying like oh. in this industry and in, in this job like every day is kind of same like today I woke up and I was like it's coronation day no it's when I tell you day Jackie <laughs> when I tell you I did not sleep and my <laughs> dreams my dreams were about like launching on Instagram because we have all these like cool pictures going up and I like fucked it up in my dream and I woke up and I went back to sleep I'm like oh thank god I didn't oversleep because we woke up a little extra early today and I went back to sleep and I had the same dream Wow, it's a lesson. No, like I'm. You're right. Like it's Coronation Day. Yeah, the window is open, so's that door. I didn't know they did that that anymore. We can't sing together anymore. That's I know. No, that's kind of like nature healing because I think we were really losing listeners. (laughs) Like that's so crazy to me. Like I know. I just can't wrap my head around it. 
those listeners don't support women in the arts. No, those listeners, it's just like, I guess it's not their vibe. Like, if you can't relate to bursting out into song at any given possible chance, like, and that doesn't spark joy for you, I can't relate. I really can't. I, and, and there's I no, no shade towards to you. you. Like, neither one of us is right or wrong. It's just like, no, no. my kind of people burst out into song. My kind of folk buy beer on Friday, get right on Saturday night. Um, before I forget, also, today's like such a busy day. Tonight, I'm going to be in Long Island at Westbury Plaza, the Total Wine at Westbury Plaza at 545. For Spritz meet and greet, we can all drink and celebrate the new era of the toast. So I hope to see you guys there on Long Island, the Total Wine. We're doing a Spritz meet and greet. Total Wine, Westbury Plaza, 545 p.m. Eastern time tonight. I can't wait to see you guys there. Awesome. And tonight I will be recording the Redheads. I just finished the Redheads book and it was so amazing. Oh, it was so incredible. Like I wish I had to read it within like two to three days because I started it Friday night. I had to be done today and I finished it last night. And like I wish I could have drawn it out longer and enjoyed not, it. I was like reading during every single break that I had. I was like reading on the plane when like Harry was quiet for two seconds. I was like picking up my book. Um, and it was so delightful. And I think mm. all the girls loved it. I would recommend it to anyone. We read Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. It already had amazing reviews. And I can concur that it was really incredible. And if you have questions about the book or anything else about reading, email us or at headsbookclub at gmail.com. I will sift through all the spam to get to your questions. Oh, and then the episode I goes up on you. Thursday and Redheads is moving to Dear Media. I know people were really, really nervous about like, what does this so mean for Redheads? about the Redheads getting left behind. They're like, what does this mean for the Redheads? Like, cool for the toast, but what does it mean for the Redheads? And it means the Redheads go unchanged. That's what it means. Wait, I totally forgot to tell you on that note, I joined a book club. Excuse? Yeah, not like a podcast book club, like a, a social book club, you know, Excuse? like with, who? with like people in real life. Like who? Um, my friend Abe, who, by the way, um, I recorded a podcast with on the Patreon and people are always asking me like, who is Abe? So we did like a whole thing. Um, my friend Abe, Margot Fish and my friend Raquel. Okay. And so it's once a month. Well, like we're already having a hard time scheduling the first That's meeting because like Raquel's going to Israel. I'm going to be in Florida in November. So like, it's going to be, um, it's going to be tough, but we chose the book. What's the book? The last thing he told me. I, okay. Not good. Not worth oh, wait, your I'll tell time. The, I'll tell the group. Not I'll tell worth the group. your time. You personally won't like it. And it's just oh like objectively God, three stars. <gasps> hold on. Wait, let me write in the book club chat. Honestly, there. you guys should read Lessons in Chemistry because it's a great book club book. It's worth your time. Wait, Jackie says we will not like the book. No, like I, maybe someone won't hate it. But Dana read it. I read it. And we're just like, meh. Oh, my God. I'm so glad I asked you. Because, like, it was a lot of pressure. Like, nobody wanted to be the first one to choose. So, like, I, I didn't. But then Raquel suggested it. I'm like, I've seen it all over Goodreads. It's on my want to read. Like, so I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. You just saved us. Like, so, like, imagine if we started off the book club on such a bad note. We'd never get to meeting number two. Yeah. But, I mean, sometimes a bad book can bond people. But the problem with that book is that it's not even bad. It's not, it's neither it's good or bad. It's just book. Book. Yeah, it I understand. It doesn't inspire okay. conversation. Ooh, crisis averted. <laughs> Try Lessons in Chemistry. It's so good. And if okay. you are not a redhead, it is literally never too late. You could 
Go to Never. Amazon, go to Libby, go to your local library and get the book today and join us. All of our episodes are evergreen. You can listen to them literally from three years ago. You can listen now and it'll feel like we just recorded it. Oh, and a testament to that is the reason why we're starting this book club because I've been hounding Abe to start reading. He bought a Kindle like two years ago at my request and he's like, I don't understand. But he finally got into it. And now he wants to start a book club and he read a lot of uh, like a couple of books that had been Redheads episodes. So he goes back and listens like he loved the red, white and royal blue episode. He was like, I'm cracking up. That is so funny. I literally don't even remember recording it, but I'm glad it still holds. Well, he was like, I loved the book so much. And then I listened to the episode and like I kind of like realized things like maybe it wasn't that good. You know, when you're forced (laughs) to talk about a book for an hour, you inevitably like nitpick have to critique it and you like that's what even we do with books that we love it doesn't change how much I love the book but definitely other people will be like didn't you think that was weird and I'm like oh I I didn't notice it but yeah I guess that's weird or like a plot hole that you didn't notice loose ends that didn't tie up I feel like that'll happen a little bit with this book that we just read but they can't turn me away from how much I loved it I am reading City of Likes. I'm being like so slow with this book. I've had no time. Um, And I think I'm only like 25% through. It's by Jenny Mullen. And it's all about like Instagram and like, you know, New York City. And I really feel like she took a lot of inspiration from real life. Like, not that the, the people are anything like each other, but I felt like the main character, Daphne, who's like this fabulous, gorgeous, rich mom influencer, was heavily inspired by Ariel Charnas. Like I just, I am like a lot of the way she was describing like her family and her kids. I'm like, oh my God, this is Ariel Charnas. And then there, obviously Chelsea House is Soho House. Yeah. I and didn't then think could, of Ariel Charnas once, maybe just because of the way her style was. It didn't make me. Or because she was blonde. Because she was blonde and she was very like pop and like Ariel Turnus is like very like minimal and classic. I just meant like her career and her image, like how she's literally so famous. Her kids are so famous and everyone is obsessed with her kids. Like it just really reminded me of Ariel Turnus. It reminds me more of like Chiara Frogney. Oh, okay. That's good. That's too. who should and play then, her in the movie. If they make a movie. There was one other thing that was like so real life. I can't remember. I was like, oh, I know exactly where she pulled inspiration from. I can't remember. Oh, but I feel like schools, I, the kids schools. No, no. Because like, I don't know anything about like the New York City, like school nursery game. Right. And the way people talk about it, like it is the Hunger Games. I, But it is actually like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I'm reading. I'm being slow. Um, But I watched so much TV. Obviously, we're going to do the House of the Dragon recap. And then I want to talk a little bit about Do Revenge. Okay. Which is that Netflix movie with Cami Mendez that I watched. And I watched The Family Stone for the first time. Have you ever watched it? No. It's like a classic holiday movie. Like, it's literally like the holiday. Um, People are obsessed with it. It has like a cult following. And for some reason, I realized I'd never seen it. And I was like in the mood because I was making a chili yesterday. I was in the mood to watch like holiday movies. And I have a lot of thoughts. So I'll talk about all that in the TV recap. Okay, great. Um, I was in the middle of ordering groceries and I forgot and I have no food. So I literally need to do that while you read the ads. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me with your chili. Um, You're welcome. So without further ado, do, 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 and this part is going to be workshopped as we settle mm-hmm. into our rebrand. Cool. McClurdia, your cards are off brand. <gasps> oh my God, I forgot. The thing about rebrands, there's that's, so much to that's do. That's what I said. That's what I meant about like Subway, like the cups. Yeah, <laughs> we need new cards. Okay. McClurdia, your curds are off brand. Without Sorry. further ado, the Strice Brothers are doing well. Bruno's working on his memoirs. That's why he's not in studio with me right now. It is time for the Fast Five stories that you need to know before you. Mm. 
Sound off in the comments if you have any Sound good suggestions. Off in the I think we might need to depart entirely. Like it's time for the fast no. life stories that you need to know, and then everything else should change. Like that you need to know before you finishing. <laughs> before no, before. I, I think think stop thinking of like of toast in the morning like maybe start thinking well, like, no, we need to use the crunch sound cheers toast and we have a clink sound next oh that's cute okay let's workshop it and let's just play the crunch now for old time's sake <laughs> fab um today's episode of the toast is brought to you by bowl and branch because some things never change even in a rebrand bowl and branch focuses on thread quality so their sheets feel impossibly soft and luxurious because it doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they're not made with the best organic cotton fibers in the world we are bowl and branch girlies beds are extremely important to us and we just can't lay in any bed you know we like the best of the best and that's why we're bowl and branch girlies jackie and i both have both have the signature collection from bowl and branch we both have it in white and we both have king size beds but they have a bunch of different sizes a bunch of different colors whatever the aesthetic of your bedroom is bowl and branch is here to help you elevate that aesthetic super comfortable super breathable if you're a warm sleeper and you wake up with night sweats like I do you need a fabric that is breathable that's also going to keep you warm and cool during the, the cold seasons it is everything of the sort um it's actually so fabulous. It's not only beloved by two Peabody award-winning podcast hosts, but also by three U.S. presidents. So the signature hemmed sheets from Bowl & Branch are the best-selling set for a reason. They're made from the highest quality threads. They have a superior softness, and they're going to ensure a better night's sleep. They have over 25,000 rave customer reviews. They're buttery, cozy, super breathable, and they're perfect for every season. They come in nine different colors, like I said, and they fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference the moment you lie down. Best of all, Bowl & Branch gives you a 39 risk-free trial with free shipping and returns on all orders. You can try the sheets that will make fall the coziest season of the year. We're entering that time. It's October 1st. We're all watching Hocus Pocus 2. Like, don't be... He asked me what day it was. It's October 3rd. Sorry, it's October 3rd. Um, and it's like, elevate your space. We're spending a lot more time indoors now. It's chilly and you're making chilly. <laughs> so you need... You need... <laughs> You need sheets that match that vibe. You need gorgeous sheets that you can stain with your chili. A hundred percent. And they wash really well. They get better with every wash. Get 15% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code TOAST at BowlinBranch.com. That's BowlinBranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, Branch.com, promo code TOAST. Today's episode is also brought to you by Thuma. Thuma, Thuma, Thuma. Let me be your Thuma. Thuma, Thuma, Thuma. Let me be your thuma. It can be really frustrating and disappointing when you get a bed and it shows up in 4,000 boxes and you have to contemplate divorce before the bed actually gets assembled. It ain't right. But that's why, if you're refreshing your bedroom, now is the perfect time to elevate the most important bed in your home with Thuma. The bed by Thuma is handcrafted from eco-friendly, high-quality, upcycled wood. You'll find beautiful, unique variations in the natural grain. The minimalist design, which features Japanese joinery, helps elevate any space. Very supportive for your mattress. It's breathable, and it's made to naturally minimize noise and create space. So the perfect platform bed just got better. You can now customize the bed by Thuma by choosing between the original pillow board, their new solid wood headboard, and the fabric pillow board adds softness and color to any space while the headboard offers solid, sleek support. It attaches directly to the bed, that headboard, using Japanese joinery, which means no tools required. You can buy it with the bed or on its own as an upgrade. So if you've ever set up furniture, you know it's literally hell on earth and it is demonic and it should not be real. Um, and that's why the bed by Thuma is so fabulous. It comes in three easy to maneuver boxes. It 
can be set up in less than five minutes and you and your partner will not need to break up in order to get a good night's sleep. And I feel like that is a value like you really can't put a price on. No, no. They also other uh, offer other bed, bedtime essentials like the mattress, the nightstand, the side table, and they're all perfectly complementary to the bed. So you can have a, a really fabulous vibe in your home. Create that feeling of checking into your favorite boutique hotel suite, but at home with the bed by Thuma. Now go to thuma.co slash toast to receive a $25 credit towards your purchase of the bed, plus free shipping and in the continental US. By the way, free shipping on a bed is... Is pretty sickening. Mm. Go to thuma.co slash toast. That's T-H-U-M-A dot C-O slash toast for $25 credit. Thuma, the bed for lay people. 100%. Okay. Are you ready for our <laughs> stories? I am. This is a cross between a cough and a laugh. <laughs> First up, Prince George said. <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm like, this fucking bitch on the day I'm, of our rebrand. I'm kidding. Oh my God. I was like, there's no, there's literally no fucking way. <laughs> I've been weasel. working on that joke since Friday. Oh, by the way, that's a good one. Thank you. Thanks, Claudia. Um, You're okay. welcome. <laughs> that was a cough. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> um, okay, first story. Some exciting couple news that we ship no matter where they stand. Exes Lily James and Matt Smith were spotted at the same London party more than two years after they split. Lily James and Matt Smith may have had an unexpected run-in on September 30th, over two years after they broke up. The ex-lovers were both spotted partying at the Chiltern Firehouse, a luxury restaurant and hotel located in the West End of London. Lily and Matt apparently each stayed out until around five in the morning when they went home separately within just a few minutes of each other. It's unclear <laughs> if what happened inside the party, but that's the information that we have, and I think that it's... There's something there. Let me tell you why this is so exciting. Are you ready to hear why it's so exciting? I think I know why. Could I guess? I Could I guess? Yeah. That because when they were dating, you didn't know them from Adam and you couldn't appreciate it. And now you love them both so dearly and they're coming back together so that you can appreciate it. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. Like I felt like I totally missed the boat because I wasn't a Matt Smith stan. I hadn't seen Downton Abbey yet. So I didn't really know anything about Lily James. So like I wasn't invested in either of them enough to like give a shit about the relationship. And now... Through many different channels, I've become obsessed with Lily James, Downton Abbey, Pam and Tommy. Like, she is that girl. And, of course, I'm head over heels in love with Lay My Life Out on the Line, take several bullets for Damon Targaryen, a.k.a. Matt Smith. Um, and I knew him before. You know, he was in The Crown. I didn't care. So now that, like, my, my interest has peaked with both of them, and then I was too late. I found out that they dated five years ago. That was upsetting. Now that there's even a glimmer of hope, even if it's like just a pure coincidence they were at the same event, the fact that I can be a part of it, like, as somebody who's like so desperate to be a part of things this is overwhelming it really is I agree they're giving us an opportunity to be a part of it I don't know if this thing has legs but I do think it means something that they were at the same party and they left at the same time and that time was 5 a.m like it's not like they just Nothing. left an event that ended and they had to leave at the same time I think this means a little something it might just be like exes finding comfort in one another so nothing innocuous happens at 5 a.m like something's going on Something nefarious. No, not nefarious. Something wonderful. Something wonderful. That did remind me something I wanted to talk about in the Game of Thrones finale is like why I'm problematic. That was so the just, finale? Sorry. No, I don't know why I said that. Oh, okay. Even though it kind of had finale vibes. No. No. 
Um, no, I saw no, a preview it's for not. next week. I saw a preview for next week. Sorry, I, it was just like a slip. I, I don't. I know nothing. Like, is that not clear? Like, when you tune into the show, you're not going to get facts. Like, you're just no, going to get like musings. Okay, no, but that's something that you wouldn't know. But I did see the preview next for next week, so she misspoke. Yeah, no, sorry, I meant episode. Um, and just remind me, like, when we talk at the end, like, remind me to explain to you why I'm a problematic girl. Okay. Okay, I will. Um, Thank you. And now for our next story, which was requested by Claudia. Um, yes, which is an interesting story. Lil Nas X delays his concert to poop backstage. He said, quote, I'm, quote, dropping demons. Lil Nas X candidly told Atlanta concert goers in the middle of a show Thursday that he needed a bathroom break. Quote, I'm backstage and this is like not a part of the show, but I'm taking a mean shit. So please forgive me, the rapper said, <laughs> noting that he only needed a minute or two on the toilet. I'll be right back, the Grammy winner promised in a viral video filmed by an audience member. On Friday, the songwriter took to Twitter to clarify that he wasn't kidding about delaying the show to drop a deuce. Quote, LMAO, people really thought I was joking. I was literally back there dropping demons into that toilet. So it wasn't in the middle of the show. It was before. Um, well, he said it on, he like told them. I think that he went off stage and pooped and came back. Okay. I mean, this is just like the reason why middle I wanted to of talk the show. about it. Middle of the show, I said. Okay. The reason why I wanted to talk about it is like, thank you. Like, this is so relatable. I always think, and like, I'm a performer. My shows are only an hour, maybe an hour and a half. Um, so like, I keep my ass cheeks tight. But I do often think like people who give three hour concerts and a lot of them like drink on stage. Like I just wonder like how do none of them take dumps? And maybe there are things they do day of the show like, you know, emodium, something that, you know, blocks their bowels. But I often think like how has there really never been anyone who had to like leave stage to go poop? I'm sure there have been. But like you are also like athletes. Athletes. Yeah. I mean, what about us? We do the show an hour and a half and we sit here. And I feel like we're always talking about how we have to pee. We always have to pee, but we really, I think only when I was pregnant did I ever get up to go pee in the middle. But you could pee in the middle of a concert as a performer. You have wardrobe changes and they always send yes. out the guy with his guitar solo. A hundred percent. And I do think that those for, guitar solos are the pee breaks. I think so too. And they introduce the band members. I'm not going to lie. Like, yes, this is relatable, but it's TMI. Like, but I think that's- No, I think it's funny. The descriptors of these like, uh, fire deuces that he's dropping like <laughs> I'm good personally I think that it's a, a little too far for me but I'm glad that you found joy in it no I didn't find joy for you I'm, sure I you, I'm glad you found joy in the in Lil Nas's toilet bowl I appreciated the candidness the straightforward the transparency the honesty and then it's just always like that then it just like made me think how this doesn't happen more often I'm sure it does happen, but also the body has a way yes. of doing what it needs to do. And unless you like were sick that day with food poisoning, like you probably won't be able to hold it, not hold it in, you know, even if like you, yes, you had a true. little belly body, on stage, like you could wait until you got off stage. No, because I often think about how like I've literally, I've done like 150 comedy shows. I've never sneezed. Now you're going to be sneezing up a storm. Well, I would love to sneeze because like I have a, kind of like an amazing, beautiful sneeze yeah. and people should see it live in person. But you're right. Like your body has a way. Maybe it's adrenaline of like acting right. Even if you're even if you are sick, like one time I I had like trouble. I was in Houston and like before the show, like I, I had diarrhea um, and I went on stage and like shit just gets right. Like it acts right. 
Um, but then it, it made me think, have you seen the video of, like going viral of the like the pop-up toilet on the football field? No. They have like a pop-up toilet. It's like it's like this tent that like lifts up. You know, like you know those um Okay, whatever. It's like a tent. Okay, um, I can envision. And you're like totally private. But like you are taking a dump in front of 100,000 people. Okay, I don't think athletes on the regular need to take a dump in the middle of the game. Some football games are And also like the locker room is a few feet away. So unless you're Tom Brady, but even he gets a break when they're on defense. Yeah. People need to be able to hold it in. And you know what? I feel like your bowels, I mean, some people have, and we also read like unburdening yourselves where it's like actually people can't hold it in. Right, hold it. But I feel like I, unless I'm sick, I can hold it. Well, a lot of people have IBS. Right, like that's they what have, I'm saying. That's what I've learned through unburdening yourselves. It's been very educational that like there are a lot of stomach right. issues out there. Um, also, a little fun fact is like most theaters, and I imagine that even the ones I haven't been to and like football fields and basketball courts, most theaters have a toilet right on side stage that's not a part of your dressing room like your dressing room is maybe downstairs or upstairs but like nine times out of ten there's like a door by the stage entrance with a toilet and they always show you like just in case of emergency like there's literally a toilet right here so it's thought of yeah I usually like he said it was a one to two minute poop he could he didn't need to say anything but I think it's you know funny and people obviously got to charge yeah, out and of it. he is like always trolling people that's why I think a lot of people thought it wasn't real yeah I just, and I know we talk about poop a lot on this show inadvertently, um, so I'm not really one to talk. It's just like a lot of poop, you know? Yeah, no, I find, I, I agree that sometimes, you know, like a poop joke is like, poop joke is like the lowest form of humor, but sometimes it's actually just funny. Yeah. Um, are you ready for our next story? A little yes. financial news. <laughs> Kim Kardashian agrees to pay $1.26 uh. $1. million to settle SEC crypto charges. Kim Kardashian has agreed to settle charges from the U.S. Security and Exchange Commission, the SEC, for touting on social media a crypto asset security offered and sold by Ethereum Max without disclosing the payments she received for the promotion. The SEC announced the charges on Monday in an official re release and stated that Kim, quote, agreed to settle the charges, pay $1.26 million in penalties, disgorgement and in interest, and cooperate with the commission's ongoing investigation without admitting or denying the SEC's findings. According to the group, Kim violated protocols when she didn't reveal that she received a quarter of a million dollars to make an Instagram post promoting Ethereum Max's Emacs tokens, a crypto asset security product, along with a link to the company's website for would-be purchasers. The SEC said... Um, no, I'm sorry. Kim's lawyer said Kim, Miss Kardashian is pleased to have resolved this matter with the SEC. She fully cooperated with the SEC from the very beginning and she remains willing to do whatever she can to assist the SEC in this matter. This is kind of crazy and this is what they're always warning you about. Like if you don't put ad on your post, like the FTC or the SEC can come for you. I think that because this is crypto. Yeah, no, this is not like if I remember a little while ago, I think JLo got in trouble for like an FTC violation for not disclosing hashtag ad. That is like a, especially when you're a content creator who does brand deals, like you always hear like you could get sued, blah, blah. But this is like not, what Kim did was like dead ass illegal. Like that's like, remember when Elon Musk was like, I'm going to take uh, 
Tesla private. So then the price of his stock went up so much because everybody went to buy it. That's like moving the market with your platform. And that's like fully illegal. Like, and I actually remember when Kim did these stories and a bunch of people did them. I was like, this is such a weird sponsored well, post because it's like, it's like influencing the market. That's okay. Fine. I agree. Let's talk about the post in a second, but the idea that like someone could say something that influences trends, like there are so many business shows like that. Like what about Jim Cramer? Like how is that different? No, it's so different. If Jim Cramer's like saying buys the stock and then everyone buys it, the price goes up. Because Jim has no, um, actually. It's just a level of success. You know, people listen to Elon. No, I don't think that's it. I'm not sure what the difference is. But there's a difference. You, that's a really good point, And I don't have a rebuttal, but I know that there is one. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure there is one, but it's very slight. And I think it's a gray line. And I don't know if Jim Cramer gets on and tells you exactly what to buy. Uh, isn't that his job? No, it's to like report on <laughs> what happened. Everyone saw the funniest meme that like was um, a list of all the stocks that Jim Cramer has told people to buy over the like literally every single one. And they are all in the red. So you should actually do the opposite of what Jim Cramer says. Well, is that just because we're like headed for a recession? Like that's an aside. They are bad stock tips. Hmm. No shade to Jim Cramer. That's just what I saw. No shade to Cramer. No, that's interesting. Yeah, but like shit, shit like this is very touchy. Like you cannot, even when we used to do Remember how Robinhood was one of our big sponsors? Mm -hmm. I remember in the copy they used to send over, there was this huge disclaimer. You cannot suggest stocks stocks or companies for people to buy. Like it's a huge violation. So Kim's thing is totally illegal. The Jim Cramer thing is like an amazing point that I need further. Because like you're right, but like you have to be wrong. You know what I mean? Right. Sound off in the comments. Yeah, like why is what Jim Cramer does not illegal? And like any other, any other squawk business alley show, folk. He's just, you know, the one I know. Yeah. I mean, Kim's was like so obvious. Also, I feel like Kim must be having a a moment of reflection between this and the giveaways. It's like, why are she, why is she doing? I mean, she got so paid true. a quarter of a million dollars for this, but honestly, not that wasn't enough considering it cost her a million point two five, and mm-hmm. now she's in another lawsuit. And I just feel like she has so many businesses, legit companies totally. want to work with her. Like, at a certain point, you should say no. Maybe yeah. I think that's a lesson she might be learning today. That's so true. I forgot also about the lawsuit like these, for the giveaways. These sponsored posts are becoming more trouble than they're worth. No, you're and so right. And everybody likes recently, to make an example out of Kim, you know? Yes. How many giveaways recently, do people do? How many uh, other people promote weird shit on Instagram? But it's Kim who's going to be made the example of because she is the biggest one doing it. And recently, so much of what Kim does is so legitimate. Her starting that VC firm with the guy from Blackstone. like Carlisle. So, Carlisle. So highbrow, you know? Like she keeps reaching new levels of legitimacy. And then there's like elements that are so tacky, like the giveaways. Like it just, uh, you don't have a VC with Carlisle group and a Louis Vuitton giveaway. Yeah. I also feel like I remember back in the day, she promoted some pharma thing and it was an issue. Do you remember, is this ringing a bell? I can't. Um, I know that she's done sponsored posts with like Botox, the company, and then like four stories afterwards is like all these long like credit a credit of disclaimers. Yeah, no, but there was like, I don't remember her getting like um pharma ad sued for that though. <laughs> Hold on, because uh, there are a bunch of people who work with Botox. Like Simon Huck is like does um 
a lot of really good sponsored content for Botox. And then there's always like a huge caption of disclaimers. And yeah, no, this was FDA admonishes drug maker over Kim Kardashian Instagram post. The post was now removed, but it went up. It was talking about morning sickness. The thing was declagus. Well, Chloe also is the face of Nurtec OTD for migraines. Yeah, and the FDA had said that the URLs were insufficient and inconsistent with the full material information required when such a drug is advertised in any medium. And with with this, is there any um, bearing on the company or just Kim? Because they're also, like, isn't there a responsibility on the company to make sure that, like, the content they're paying to be put out has full disclosures? True. Like, is Urethium, whatever it was called... The crypto company, are they being sued as well? Yeah, and also this harks back to Fire Festival where it's like the people who promoted it weren't yeah. sued. The people who created it were. Right. Like where in situations like this, what's like where difference? does the liability lay? No, and what's the difference between that and this? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, Just so many, and also, so many financial questions this morning. Is what she's being sued for, it said... Because she didn't disclose how much she got paid. She didn't disclose. Let me get back. The Because it said like the amount that she was paid. I think without disclosing that she was paid is my. No, read it again. For touting on social media, crypto asset security offered and sold by Ethereum Max without disclosing the payment she received for the promotion. That could be either or. Oh, it could be. Because it sounds like, well, if she wrote hashtag ad, but not hashtag I was paid 250K. Or, or just that there was no disclosure at all, which is a rookie mistake for Kim, especially in a new space like crypto. Yeah. Without That's disclosing the payment. The payment. That makes it seem like she didn't put hashtag ad, which I like, come on. Yeah, this is what she said on her Instagram story uh, back when she posted it. Are you guys into crypto? This is not financial advice, but sharing what my friends just told me about the Ethereum Max token. A few minutes ago, Ethereum Max burned 400 trillion tokens, literally 50% of their admin wallet, giving back to the entire Emacs community. They said she violated the anti-touting provision of the federal securities law. That's like intentionally trying to make people think you weren't paid. Yeah. And she also- that is illegal. She also agreed not to promote any crypto asset securities for three years. Oh, girlie's in trouble. She's in trouble with the SEC. Well, you know, I love Kim, but like she's wrong for this one. Like she's like there's full proof. But like, she's, she's cooperating, wrong. as her lawyer said. She's yep. paying the piper. Hundred percent. Also, 100%. speaking of Kim, her podcast dropped today with Spotify, uh, which is exciting because we heard about it a while ago. So now it's here. Huge podcast news for the industry today. I know it's a day of podcast news, and like the whole family is out killing it in Paris. <gasps> killing it, Chloe. Chloe, Kylie took over Paris Fashion Week. It's it's Kylie Fashion Week now. She's for sure. But you'd love to see Chloe like finally getting the respect that she deserves. Yes, totally. I love that for her. Totally. Okay, our next story is a little Hurricane Ian news because I want to just take a oh, moment to terrible share our thoughts and anyone who's in. Oh, how was your house when you got back? I know you weren't in like the eye of we it. We weren't in the eye of it. Everything here looks fine. I haven't noticed anything. Um, okay, thank God. But people up further north in Florida in right, Naples Tampa. and Fort Myers are just really Myers, struggling with yeah. the Orlando area and a little celeb news Hurricane Ian causes 10 million dollars of damage to the Queen of Versailles star's mansion <gasps> oh my god Queen of- that mansion is 
turd. That, it's literally cursed. Okay, if you guys have never seen the documentary Queen of Versailles, you absolutely have to. It's one of the best documentaries ever. It captures- And here's a little teaser. Here's a little okay. teaser. They're doing a documentary on the biggest residential home being created in America. They follow this family in Florida. They're making the biggest square footage- Based wise, on Versailles biggest, is what they're modeling. Based on Versailles. The biggest residential home, private residential home. And as they're filming the documentary, the family goes broke. Yeah, because the recession hits. It's 2008. It's a crazy documentary. And now the queen herself, Jackie, she's like a podcaster. Yeah, she's an influencer. She's around. I see her. So Queen of Versailles star Jackie Siegel says the Hurricane Ian destroyed parts of her Florida mansion, amounting to $10 million in damages. The socialite provided TMZ with photos of the destruction, which includes caved-in ceilings. She, Does she still own the house? Own the house. is still being worked on. They were supposed to be done oh. by May 2023 now, but now it's pushed back because of this. She explained that the damages are so steep because she recently added... 24 karat gold molding to her living room, which is now partially falling to the floor. As a result of the hurricane, construction on the 90,000 square foot estate has been put on hold. Siegel said several floors in the home are flooded and her back patio looks like a lake. She believes pumping out the water will cost about $100,000. The Orlando area property was supposed to be completed by May 2023, according to the former model, but it seems that date has now been pushed back. I mean, it's like... It's a nice pop culture tie-in, but like people literally lost everything. Like I don't feel bad for Jackie Siegel and her 24 karat molding. You no, know? no, no, of course. But it's an interesting pop culture tie-in. Also it interesting is. to know that they're still working on the house. They still own the and house. And they still own it. If you it. watch the documentary, you probably would have thought eventually they would have to have sold it, so. but they didn't. And they're still and trying to get by the, way, the Versailles of Florida. What did her husband do for a living? He did timeshares. Right. Yeah. It was so old school. Yeah. Well, I'm sending love to all of our Florida toasters. I, I am. hope you guys are okay. I really am. Um, especially those who live in Fort Myers. It, like the footage coming out, it's so sad. It's so sad. It's like one <gasps> of the biggest hurricanes in like centuries in the country. Yeah. Let me tell you that I ended up on the strangest side of TikTok. Okay. It's like the wives of linemen. So I didn't really know anything about it, but I guess like linemen is this job. Like you're like a first responder for crises. So you fly out to... Florida for something like this, Puerto Rico, you know, you go to areas of destruction and catastrophe and you spend time there. You obviously do search and rescue, you rebuild. It's like a huge part of your job. And there are these women called like, I'm sorry, I'm botching like the verbiage called like bunny boppers or something who like hop on the linemen like, and like want to fuck. Like, oh, it's like kind of when athletes come to your town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, the wife of the line women have, like, been making all these TikToks being like, okay, bunny chasers, like, just know that the linemen have families at home. They have wives and kids who love them. Like, back off. And it's like, the other side of the argument is, like, the bunny chasers are just, like, rational thinking human beings. They're like, well, if your man right. is, like, going to be cheating on his wife and the mother of his children, like, that's also mostly on him. Also, aren't the men busy? Isn't there a lot no, of totally. work to be done? I was just learning no, so much about the line men and women. That's fascinating. And I'm like, how the fuck did I get here? Maybe because I was like engaging with a lot of like hurricane content. The algorithm brought me to like this dark side of that conversation. I was just like, shook. At first I'm like, this is not English. I'm like, what are bunny hoppers? I'm botching the verbiage. I'm sorry. But it's like the line men and the bunny chasers. No, no, or something I, like that. I can follow and I'm fascinated yeah, it's it was so really crazy that like, you think like, oh my God, anyone who like goes into a disaster area to help, like hero, um, yeah, going right. to- It's the dark side of heroism. to help to cheat on their wives. Right, to, you know, pillage. No. 
It was really. And so um, do these girls then, the mistresses of the linemen, mm-hmm. do they fly into disaster areas as well to offer their services? Oh, that's or interesting. Or local, they local? Like, I don't know. Would, no, I think I they know. have to go out to meet these guys because it would just be like, does every neighborhood have a bunny chaser? And then when the neighborhood mm-hmm. gets hit, like the perhaps but i think them you know traveling to the disaster zones makes a lot more sense yeah i hope while they're there they're helping out yeah come on that's crazy do your part for the community that's really crazy i know and like the hurricane just in general is like so crazy and so sad like people's entire lives just like washing away yeah and there's still like so many people missing rescue efforts are still underway I've been seeing like a lot of footage of rescue efforts, like from people who are like literally like an, their house became an island. Yeah. You know, I guess There's that's really a good thing about TikTok. I feel like you've seen, I, I feel like with anything, like you really get inadvertently a lot of news. Yes, you do. If you engage with that type of content, you know? Yeah. But also like, I feel like more. people who are there and are posting really compelling things, they're going on the For You page. And even if you choose to you know watch videos of the renegade you might be inundated with that as well which is good yes and I also think like people are like making themselves known like oh we're on this street and our whole neighborhood like we can't get out yeah like it's a good um like putting out a call yeah so it has its benefits for sure are you ready for our fifth and final story which is actually also a little documentary news that's wild Mm. And it's for our 90s babies because Barney docuseries, I Love You, You Hate Me, uncovers <laughs> uncovers the dark side of the kids show. So a trailer oh. just dropped to Barney docuseries, two parts at Peacock. And apparently Barney experienced a lot of negativity, death threats, and there was like this hatred for Barney. So can't relate because like the way as a child, I would have laid down in the street into oncoming traffic for Barney. He would never have you do that is what was so no, great about Barney. No. I love you. It was such a sweet show. So I thought it was going to be like the environment was toxic, no. like not safe in working environment for no, kids. But you're saying. More so like the haters, the rumors, like people tearing down Barney. Here's. Wow. Here's the info the The core message of the immensely popular barney and friends kids show was to spread love and kindness to one another but the trailer for a new peacock docuseries highlights the idea that america was not so eager to accept that message in the trailer for the upcoming two-part docuseries i love you you hate me multiple talking heads from bill nye the science guy to nbc's al roker share stories of how quickly the world turned against the friendly dinosaur rejecting its values of inclusion and respect Bob West, a Barney performer who stepped into the costume for the happy purple dinosaur, shared that death threats were made against his entire family. Quote, they were violent and explicit death and dismemberment of my family, he says in the trailer. They were going to come and find me and they were going to kill me. Much of the dialogue in the trailer surrounds the show's creator, Cheryl Leach, who developed the show in 1992 alongside Kathy Parker and Dennis DeShazer after initially creating home videos of the Barney character for her children. A splice string of dialogue from multiple interviews in the trailer underscores the general purpose of the Barney character. Barney stands for inclusion, acceptance, Uh you should love everyone. We all have Cheryl Leach to thank for that. The, the Peacock docuseries was first announced in November of last year and hails from the producers of Queer Eye. The docuseries is set to premiere on October 12th on Peacock and the trailer has just dropped. So I feel like for some mm. people, this trailer, like the fact that there's going to be a documentary about Barney is just 
big news. Like we were such Barney files. I know. And I'm glad to hear that the, you know, it's not like there was like drug use on set and Barney was like, you right. know, sexually assaulting everyone. I, I right. think. But I had no idea. But it also does make you wonder like, what did happen to Barney and why, why isn't Barney still around today? Like Sesame Street. You want to know why? Because he was too good for this world. He's, that's yeah. why. We, that's why we can't have nice things. That is so terrible. Makes you wonder I'm what's so going glad on. Barney with, isn't a real person. Makes you wonder what's going on with Baby Shark. Like I, I hope Baby Peppa. Shark. Peppa, Coco Melon, Moana. Yeah, I mean, this is just disgraceful and a real testament to how disgusting the country we live in is because we can't even have Barney. Like that can't even be a universally accepted content show. Yeah, justice for disgusting. Barney. And I'm interested in this at all. But that's not the, when you said there's a Barney documentary, that was certainly not the, the content I thought we were going to be receiving. That no, was the hatred. The hatred, I the negativity. You. you hate me. You hate me. That's a hilarious name for the documentary. Yeah, and if you listen to, if you watch the trailer, it's like, do, 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 do. But then it like takes. Oh, a, it's like a horror. But then it takes like a dark turn, yeah. Like this. Do, 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 do. Do, do. Yeah, and it's not like do 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 to Theodora. I wonder how Dora's doing. It makes you think about all your beloved kids characters and what they're going through. I read like a conspiracy theory about Dora growing up and getting into porn. Uh, okay, like love that for her. Um, I didn't really believe the conspiracy theory. Whatever she chooses to do. I empower her to make her own choices. choices. Life's about choices, yeah. Claude. Life's about joy. Okay, I'll stop singing. Um, there is a new Shania Twain song though. Let's start waking up dreaming. It sounds so good. I have to listen to it. Cool. Can't wait. Um, let's dive into TV recap, House of the yeah. Dragon, and then some other yeah. crap I watched this weekend, which is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Did you know that there are over 2.4 million podcasts in the world currently, including the one you're listening to, which is better than all the others? It takes a team of people to bring these podcasts together. And needless to say, hiring the right people for important roles is crucial. Whether you're hiring for your podcast or for your growing business, there's only one place that makes it easy. That's ZipRecruiter. Now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash toast. ZipRecruiter uses uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. You can easily review these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four out of five employers who impost on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So if you're a fan of this podcast and you want to try ZipRecruiter for free, you'll need to spell out this special link. It's ziprecruiter.com slash toast. Once again, that's zip, Z-I-P, recruiter.com slash T-O-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, let's talk about House of the Dragon episode last night. We finally... Okay, here's why I'm I watched the last two episodes back to back, so I might have some crossover. I don't even remember what okay, happened cool. in the... So, Rhaenyra and Damon fuck. They get married. They kiss their blood. And it should be, like, one of the greatest times of my life, right? But, like, tell me... And, and I think, like, this is really exposing, like, why I'm problematic. Like, tell me why I'm not as excited about it now that she's grown. I, like, it's disgusting. Okay, I think... Yes, on, the, on its head, that's problematic. I think you're just attached to the other actress. I think when we yeah. fell in love with Rhaenyra and Damon to begin with, it was the other yeah. actress. And so you want to see them together. And let, let's There's get no real. familiarity. Like, this is another person, you know? And we're all pretending, like, it's just 10 years later, Rhaenyra. But 
that was the chemistry that you fell in love with. I actually had a really easy time transitioning to the new actors and actresses, which was good. I think I had a good time, an easy time transitioning to Allison. I think yeah. the actress looks just like her. Um, and she's really fucking evil. And so is that actress. Like it, it, it tracks. With Rhaenyra, just because she's the main character, I'm definitely having a harder time adjusting. Yeah, it, it will maybe take a little time for you, but it's really so crazy how when, when we left Rhaenyra and Lainor, they thought they had it figured out. You know, we're going to... And it was like, you know what? Good for yeah, them. modern relationship. We're going to have our cake. We're going to eat it too. And now, 10 years later, like he has to fake his own death. And... Okay, wait. So, me and Ben were discussing, and I wasn't entirely sure what happened. Because... Was it their plan all along to fake Lenor's death? Or did they really want that guy to kill Lenor, but then him and Lenor, you know, came up with the plan to escape? I think it's the second one. I think um, they wanted him to kill Lenor. I think that would have been simpler. And really, like, they can't be together if Lenor's still alive. I think they came up with this plan. And I do see, you know, Lenor coming back in however many years Fucking and disrupting things. I watched inside the episode after to see if they t- said anything. They didn't. They just said Lenor really wanted to be, you know, stripped of his, Free. like, of his responsibilities burdens. And, and burdens and nobility. And so maybe he will go live in across the narrow sea and not come back. And I guess to everyone, that's the equivalent of him being dead. And Renera can remarry. Yeah, no, I just wasn't sure if like this was a brilliant plan or if I think his they left a whole, fuck shit I think up. they left a gap in it on purpose. No, I think Rhaenyra and Damon like expect him to be dead. Got it. Okay, that's like so fucked up. Um, even though like and because he was like he was fucked up and in his own way, but he was very loyal and honorable, and he wasn't a great husband, but like he was a good friend. Yeah, and he was also ready to try and be the man she needed Again. Him to be. So like, that's not the time to kill him, but to no, let him run really off and not. live the life that he wants to live, it's the time. And then the big scene was all the kids and it was so upsetting. And like, basically last night's episode was Eamon's villain origin story. Cause he was a nice boy. He was a nice boy. He was like the loser. And then his cousins were so fucking mean to him that he's becoming Joffrey Baratheon. And you know what? That's what you get for being mean to your cousin. Right. And like, I think the eye patch is just going to be his trademark villain. villain thing. But at least he has a dragon. Like it was worth it. Allegedly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I do think it was worth it to him. The love I have in my heart for Rhaenyra's kids, like they're such fucking cute ass little fuckers. Like I felt like that scene was so upsetting and like they wanted to get down to the bottom of it and nobody thought to ask Damon's kids what happened. They were literally right there. The girls. Yeah. Yeah. And they were defending their girls. girls. Like he's literally out here punching women. Not even women, girls. He's disgusting. He's disgusting. And he stole their mom's fucking dragon. he was about to kill one of the... Rhaenyra kids with the rock. Yes. Yes. No, it was totally justified. Like the fact that he only lost an eye is a miracle when it was four against one. Yeah. No, he's really scary now. Scarier than ever, especially like with Allison activated. But I. Scarier than Aegon. Like I thought Aegon was going to be problematic. But Aegon's too much of like a reckless to be dangerous. Yeah. I am. I'm having a hard time with the passing of Sir Harwin. Maybe because I just watched that episode. But like when. When we cut to 10 years later, and so this is two episodes ago, and, like, Rhaenyra has her baby, and they go into the room where the other kids are, and so you see, like, she has other kids, and then there's that guy, and he's, like, 
so handsome. And mm-hmm. it's like really this modern family because Lenore is like passing the baby to Sir Harwin. And it was just so gorgeous. And I just, it's no, all it was gone. Upsetting. All of it is gone. Yes, now we have, we're in our Raymond era. So maybe we'll get mm-hmm. some love from all of them. But like, they were, and when he was defending his son, even though it's not his son, and when they were playing in the oh, pit, like, it was just beautiful. No, because like when we met the new Rhaenyra, like her life was fucking miserable. Like she was Allison's like punching bag. But then to know she had this happiness with the man and the kids, like it was nice. It was nice. And then Allison and her big dumb moronic friend had to ruin Scary. it. Scary. And he's going to take one of the kids' eyes out now. Oh my God. I hate. I hate these people. No, and I don't honestly, think he'll take one I of take, the kids' eyes out, but I think there is a debt that will be paid. He's going to enact revenge. He's going to enact revenge. And I take back really all the bad things I said about the king because you know what? Like the way he has not faulted, he has not changed who his heir is. The way he does not allow anyone to speak ill of his daughter, even though he knows there's truth to it. You know what? He's not a bad guy. No, he's not. And I need him to get his health intact. He needs to start going to the gym, eating right, because he needs to Well, chill. now Rhaenyra's aligned with Damon, so their claim is stronger. They'll probably have their own kids. And and were they saying that Allison's son needs to marry Allison's yes. daughter? Yeah. They will be getting married. Okay, and Viserys thought that Rhaenyra and Damon getting married was so disgusting. I guess but just because literally... of the age. Oh, and she really needs to stop calling him uncle. That she must do. Like right after they fucked, she's like, "What is it?" Uncle? But also, it's like, you know what the end of the episode was? What was the end of the, the episode? Marriage. What happened? Yeah, ended. Oh, the four kids totally. are going to be siblings. They're probably going to. That was cute because they were all getting yeah, along. Yeah, they're all aligned. When they were holding hands at the funeral. It was so cute. Those girls are good girls. Good kids. And now they're all that their grandparents have. Yeah. And so I think it, it's, there's a lot of strength on that side, but everyone needs to grow up a little. All that their grandparents have. So, right, they are the heirs and heiresses to Valeria. Yep. Damon. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think next episode jumps again because there's Ugh. new, like, wearing the patch is a new actor. How the fuck are we supposed to keep up? But I think like, that's it. Like, I think it'll probably be like five years, but the actors are a little more like adult looking, not kids. Does Rhaenyra change? No. Damn. Just kids. Okay, well, there's oh, and also by like the way, when episodes. you took off your headphones because you thought I was going to give a spoiler, what I said was exactly what it was. I said there was three kids in the next episode, but they all have black of hair. And how could Rhaenyra and Lenor have anything but silver hair? So I knew that, you know, that was going to be the paternity would be in question. Got it, got it. Do you think that Rhaenyra and Damon have kids? Yeah. I do. Good, yeah. I hope. Okay, good. The other things that I watched this weekend were the first one I watched last night was The Family Stone, which is like this classic holiday movie that I've apparently never seen. And it was so fucking good. Like, I, first of all, you need to watch it. And basically, like, Carrie Bradshaw is just the worst in the movie. And, like, everyone in the family hates her. She's, like, the new girlfriend of one of the brothers. And she comes in, which is, like, horrible. And it's just, like, fabulous. Because she's acting so much like Carrie. And Carrie's fucking worse. And that is exactly, like, what would happen if Carrie went home to, like, someone's nice, normal family and acted like Carrie. That's funny. So I just loved it. And it was also like sad too. Like I cried. Then the other thing I really wanted to talk about was everyone's been talking about this new Netflix movie, Do Revenge. They're saying it's like the new Mean Girls. I talked about it um, I, on the show too. And I oh, told you to watch it. Oh, 
Oh, I don't even remember. I just said really but quickly I like, that I, I thought it was great and I loved it and I, I thought it was so well done. I didn't. I'll start with the positives, which was that Cami Mendez was sensational. Like she looked amazing. She did amazing. It was such a good movie. That um, plot twist I was not Me expecting. Neither. Like it was just really good. It was beautifully Beautiful. shot. The clothes, the Miami backdrop. Like it was really stunning. And then when me and Ben finished it, like we were talking, we were like, did you think it was weird that like the villain was like unnecessarily wearing like a Jewish star necklace the whole time? And I was like, I couldn't tell if I was like being a Karen, like reaching or if it was like legitimately problematic. So I just started to research and like see if anyone was talking about it. And I ended up reading a lot about it. Um, and the more things that were pointed out to me by the, like the articles I was reading, the more I realized how fucked up it was. Like the first thing is that the movie is very loosely based off of this book, Strangers on a Train, which was written by like a very proud anti-Semite. Um, also, the book is referenced in the movie. Like um, I think, what was her name? The freak, her friend. Cami Mendez's yeah. friend, Nora. Nora. Um, she was reading it at one point as like a, a hark back to like the plot of the movie being loosely based off of this book. So that's just like a kind of weird thing to do. And then the more I thought about like the villain being the Jew when no one else, it wasn't a religious no. film. They didn't go to a religious no. school. I didn't know what religion anybody else was, but them to make it like so obvious that the villain was Jewish, like felt so problematic to me, especially because like he was villainous because he was like sneaky, manipulative, rich, politically um connected persuasive per politically influential like when he you know writes off one girl he was like well there goes your dad's senate career so just like him saying that like him his character being based off of like all of these anti-semitic tropes while wearing a jewish star necklace like i officially deem the movie anti-semitic no. and i and i didn't want to i totally agree i didn't notice he was wearing a jewish star necklace while i was watching otherwise i would have like oh uh, and then he's using like jewish terms he's like at the end he was like oh i'm felling this is so cute like stop oh stop. shit i didn't see any of that my tv in my new house is a little far away from my bed so <laughs> I, I do miss some details um, and I, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to give it the official anti-Semitic st seal of approval because I liked it. Me and Be Ben loved it. No, I really liked it. You're hundred percent right. There's anti-Semitic undertones and actually overtones and it's officially yeah. anti-Semitic. And we actually, even though we joke a lot, we actually don't really like you say that lightly. No, it's really fucking anti-Semitic. And a lot of what I read, like, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to, like, decide in my head no, that it was anti-Semitic. No, and anti you, don't, you don't want it to be. Like, you want to be, like, oh, maybe it's no. a coincidence. Oh, no, that's not that bad. Because uh, the movie's great, otherwise. Because the movie's great. And people pointed out to me in my DMs, the actor who plays the Jewish villain is uh -huh. Jewish. The director is Jewish. I don't fucking care. It's still anti-Semitic. No, and Jews can be anti-Semitic and they could also be like oblivious to anti-Semitism and other people. that they're playing into. And that they just like want to be a part of something. Right. So uh, the thing that I saw that like perfectly summed it up, um, because people are like, well, why can't a villain be Jewish? And like a villain can totally be Jewish. Um, but like, when there's one person representing a minority and then that one person is the villain, like that's problematic. And then I was thinking like, if it was a movie about all white kids and the one black character was the villain, like that's fucked up. Yeah, and the villain is 
being villainous in a way that's harping on oh, right. all and of it's these playing on all those stereotypes, stereotypes and micro and macro aggressions that right. are out there about Jews or at whatever particular minority it would have been. Right. And that the article I read was like, imagine, imagine. if I would be like, that's fucking weird. Like what the one character who's black is the villain. Like I would think that too. Yeah. So it really pissed me off. And I was so upset because like, when I tell you, I liked the movie, but like an hour in Ben paused to pee and we realized we had another hour left. I was like, you know what? I like, I liked it, but I was like, we don't have to finish it. Ben was like, no, I love it. Like Ben loved it. Oh, you're crazy it. that you just would watch a movie that you like and not even finish I know. it. I know. It was just too long. Like movies over an hour and a half should be TV shows. No, I think the opposite. There's so many TV shows that should just be movies. Like I, sometimes no. I only have two hours and like, if it's a good movie, I want more of it. So yeah, I course. like a long movie. Every scene was, you know, delightful. It was until beautifully I done. Learned like, what really. I learned. And the music was incredible. Yep. It was very TikTok inspired. Yeah, no, the, the wardrobe was amazing. Uh, but unfortunately, it's going to be a no. I know. I was like, really? I was, me and Ben were like, we could not stop talking about it. We were like, what did It's we so watch? upsetting. It's so upsetting, especially because like, it's not like there was a big swastika and it was like death to the Jews. It was so subtle and like trying to like almost subliminally message people that like Jews are bad. Yeah. Like I feel like I would have been less offended dead ass if there was a big ass swastika in the middle because obviously that's anti-Semitic. But the fact that like I had to mull over and be like, is it anti-Semitic? Like, and the fact that because the fact it's, that it was so, so, it's subtle, so subtle, no one's going to talk about it. Um, right. I'm surprised people you think I'm found, being dramatic. Like, articles. I know. I was surprised too. Daily Mail and Newsweek. Yeah. So that's upsetting. You know, it's not going to be talked about. It's yeah. not going to, there's not going to be any controversy with the movie. It's going to go on to do great things. And, right, and this right. will just be snowballing. And, and people note. will just, no, and like people will just continue to watch it, continue to get that messaging and not think twice about it. I know. I was like so upset. And I hate to like, you know, Always be complaining, but ABC always be complaining. Yeah, no, I would have preferred for this movie to not be anti-Semitic. Um, Same. When I didn't ever see the Jewish star, I thoroughly enjoyed it. The thing is, like, all they had to do was take the necklace off. All they had to do was take the necklace yeah. off, and he could have just been like a rich, annoying white kid. All they had to do was take the necklace off, but they put it on. And they put it on in the final scene where he was being particularly villainous and not wearing a shirt. So it was literally the only thing you saw. I miss that. Honestly, my bed is really far away from my TV now. Zach said we yeah. need a bigger TV, but I thought he was being dramatic. No, no maybe, maybe I do. Um, so that's what I watched this weekend. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, I watched a little SNL. Oh, thank you so much for bringing that up. So did I. Miles Teller was incredible. Like his Peyton Manning in the opening sketch was so funny um I did fall asleep towards the very end like after weekend update so I missed probably like the last one or two I sketches. only watched like four sketches because I just wanted to get the tone I wanted to hear his monologue and then I think the first sketch that came on was actually really funny so I kept watching the, so out of the four that I watched there was one that was so funny and that was the be real Which? bank robbery like oh, that is that like really was funny. comedic perfection timely relevant what everyone's talking about and like making a really funny joke out of it like I thought that that's what SNL like should be doing and yeah it was just perfect honestly I did have one issue with SNL part mostly I tuned in to see Miles Teller my boyfriend but I also tuned in to see if they were going to address the Jake Novak of it all 
because like while they were off break, this story blew up on TikTok about the kid. I've spoken about it. I won't get into it again. And I wanted to see maybe they would bring him out on Weekend Update. Maybe do like a little sketch, a cover of the song. Like something. Or even in that first sketch um, when they were like talking about SNL sketches, they had like someone come out as the corn kid. They could have had someone come out as. Yeah, they did the corn yeah. kid. So I was like, oh my God, they're going to do it. And they didn't, which was disappointing. Mostly because. I wish they would have, but also because like a thought that I had was like, it's very clear that they take a lot of inspiration from TikTok, like a lot of their content. And I thought that was really obvious with the Nicole Kidman AMC thing. So I didn't see that one. So Nicole Kidman, you know, when you go to the movies and before they play, um, AMC has this like new one with Nicole Kidman. We come here for magic. And it's like, it blew up on TikTok. People were like recreating it in the theaters. It was so funny because it's like, it's so random. And she's like taking it so seriously. Like we come here to live. And people on TikTok blew it up. And they basically just made like a high budget, high production value TikTok. And it was almost like literally stealing the idea from TikTok. So I'm like, you're going to lean in so heavy to TikTok and not address the Jake Novak of it all. Like bring Jake Novak right. out. Like give him a also, shot. Like he auditioned for your show and it ruined his fucking life. The, Ch- the Charmin Bears sketch when they dance to about damn Dumb. time. Is that a TikTok dance? Yes. And they use the choreography. I wonder if they paid the, the girls who made Probably it up. Probably not. But that's another TikTok moment. Yeah. And I'm glad that they're like at least moving into the 21st century. Um, but like. I don't know, it felt like the greatest, you know, what is supposed to be like the peak of entertainment and comedy on television. It's like taking notes from teenagers on that. TikTok. And also I didn't watch the whole episode, but from what I saw, like there are so many things that are just like happening. Everything is like such a, a joke and there's so much fodder mm-hmm. out there right now to like actually make fun of. And instead, like I'm seeing two bros who don't know how to flirt at the bar being stupid. Like, yeah. Also the opening sketch like was Trump and they really like they've beat the horse dead like it's enough it's not even funny anymore like I feel like you know Trump like definitely exists but like he's not on social media like I feel like I never hear about him except on SNL like Like, they're obsessed obsessed. and when I think they like and it's not funny no it's not funny I think that was kind of like the point of the sketch let's see what they do next week but like for every like for the last few years, every opening sketch is like a Mitch McConnell, Nancy Pelosi, Trump. And it's like, I get it. Like there's political things happening and like it's a show that's supposed to make fun of what's going on in the world. But like they've got to switch no, it up. No, there's other players that are ripe for making yeah. fun of and 100%. like it's time. No, I'm like, girly, it's been three years since the man has been president. Like we haven't even heard from him in three years. Like he's not on social media. Like I'm like, it doesn't feel relevant anymore because it's just no, like, they're it's like a little like too a, obvious. Obsessed. Yeah, like, I, I feel like it's, a, it's like, time's up on that yeah. joke. So it was good. I love to see Miles. He's so handsome so and so handsome. talented. And he like, was really? looking extra handsome, especially in those pictures that they, like, run. Yes, and I love And one of them pictures. was, like, a, a slow video, and he's, like, turning and smiling. And I was, like. Yeah, I also <laughs> think um, he brought his acting chops. Like, he wasn't reading from cue cards. He memorized the lines. He was being, like, a real actor. So I was, like, believing what he was selling. He was yeah. amazing. No, he's the perfect host. Because he's so beloved and he's also an actor and he's funny and he obviously is an SNL file from that home video that we saw. Yes. Oh, that was so really cute. cute. And he's really like America's sweetheart yes. currently. So what better place for America's sweetheart than in all of our televisions, in all of our homes on I can't Saturday believe night. that was his first time hosting. I would have thought he would I have know. done it. 
Um, I also loved the call out that like they couldn't get John Hamm or Tom Cruise. So they went with Miles and Miles as Peyton was like, well, I also heard that uh, the host never makes an appearance right. in the opening sketch. So right. <laughs> it was very funny, very meta. I liked that yeah, a lot. Me too. And the new castmates, I didn't really see a lot of them, but they did good. Uh, I only saw four sketches. I'll try and watch more. So that is our show. And that is The Toast. The Toast. Thank you so much for listening to the Millennial. Mo- no, wait. What do I say? Thank you so much for Millennial listening podcast. to the, toast, the Millennial Morning Show. The Millennial Podcast. Oh right. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast, the Millennial Podcast, where we deliver the fast side stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe because video a thumbs up. We're also available as podcasts anywhere. Podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, Castbox, all the places where we listen to podcasts. Find us Morning Toast and leave a five star review about how beautiful, stunning, and smart we are. Hope you guys have an amazing day, and we'll see you tomorrow for Tuesday's show. And I'll see you guys tonight at the Westbury Plaza Total Wine for the Spritz Society meet and greet. I can't wait to see you guys there. Bye. Bye.